Hey, it's Bridget and Liz, and you're listening to Dude, Dude, Guess What? Yo, 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 yiggity, yo! Welcome to the Dude, Guess What? podcast, episode 54. Dude, and I was thinking about recording. I was like, one of these days I would love for our podcast to come out on a Saturday and I'd be like, it's Saturday Night Live! (laughs) It's Saturday Morning Live! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dude. Yeah. Here we go. Episode 54. Bridge, tell me what you've been up to this week, dude. Surviving. Surviving, yeah. Um, I got I also look like I've just been surviving, but um when I got onto the Zoom today to do our recording, I saw Bridget before she even said anything, and I was like, it looks like you've had a rough day. <laughs> yeah, I mean I know that you have Robbie at home and you mm-hmm. also work full time, but it is hard taking care of two kids nonstop. Like Oh dude. Take working is so much easier than taking care of a kid. Yeah. And when you have two and your husband is always gone and he has been working 12 days in a row from 5 a.m. to 7 p.m., mm-hmm. like basically you it's hard. It's rough. And and then you also like have to couple on top of that, like you work part time and you try and have friends and you try and get your house clean and dishes done and, you know, all the things. And homework. Like, yeah. And homework. And I don't know. It's just a lot. So I feel that I told Anthony, I'm like, I am so tired. Like it's. It's a different kind of tired, though. It's like exhausted. Yeah. Just like. I know that it, when I close my eyes, I will immediately fall asleep. But it's hard, though, because, like, on the flip side of things, I rarely get time to myself. And so it's like at night, I want to be able to read my book or. Oh, I yeah, I get that. Which is why I've been doing audiobooks because then it kind of feels like me time all day long. And then I can't I, but I can't even do audiobooks. Why? Because it's like once I put if I put my head if I put my AirPod in, it's like a kid needs me. So I you're like dunk dunk. Just a second. Dunk dunk. <laughs> but seriously, I mean I I rarely listen. I listen to audiobooks if I'm like cooking dinner or cleaning up and stuff like that, but I'm just mm-hmm. exhausted. But anyway, I mean nothing too much. Um Austin had preschool graduation and so cute. Um, oh, so cute. And he looks so handsome. I know. It was sweet. It was funny. I saw one of my friends there. Her husband's uh, in, re- he's in, in residency for, um, he's an orthopedic surgeon, but he's in residency anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was there and, and she saw me. She's like, hey, come sit by me. So I went and sat by her and she's like, Anthony's not here. And I was like, no. Or because she was like, how many seats do you need? And I was like, just two. And we were just talking about how like, it's just kind of funny. You guys can relate to each other. 
yeah, just like that we do the, these things by ourselves, you know? And, um, she, uh, she actually is in my bunko group and she was just like, man, intern year. I mean, she, I think her husband though, being like that residency, I think it's five years. And mm-hmm. she just was like, regardless of what specialty you're, you're in, like intern year sucks. Like, are you guys an intern year? Mm-hmm. It's your first I don't time. even know. Yeah. And she was just like, it's hard. And I and I told her that. I was like, yeah, we actually got Anthony's schedule for next year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? You're like, I'm going to see you? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just going to be different. Like, he's still going to be super busy. But even just, like, seeing some of the holidays that he'll probably have off. I was like, because last year he had to work Thanksgiving. Um, you know, he hasn't been able to come to a lot of things. And... Yeah. Yeah. But um that was cool that you know he his schedule. And it just seems like he won't have to take out like it just work I guess what I'm saying is like it works out perfectly because the weeks that he has clinic are mm-hmm. weeks that like we were wanting him to take off for something and you can only take off time when you're doing clinic stuff. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, but yeah, that was nice. Um I had Bunko last night. It was super fun. Um I will say that, like, I feel like I always go a little overboard with food because I'm always like, I always want to make. What if they want to eat a lot? Well, yeah, I'm like, well, the thing too is, I always want to have more than I need just because you never know. But three of the girls didn't show up, and yeah, that's weird. (laughs) How do you play bunko with you? Do do you do ghost players? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They say they were going to not show up or they just didn't come. They just didn't come. And I texted them and I was like, well, one of them texted me and she was like, my son, she had to take her son to the ER. And then the other ones were like, oh, sorry, I lost track of time. Like, I I literally don't even know how that's possible because I just watch the time all day long. I'm like, baby stuff's till 730. (laughs) To you, dude, I'm like, this is my one social thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's fine, whatever. Like they paid me, so but they don't get that payment back. It goes to mm-hmm. the so really jokes on them. But um, I made those. So somebody told me from work. Um, she I asked friends at work, and I was like, hey, what are some great appetizers for Bunko? Somebody mm-hmm. told me to get a baguette and then get like spinach artichoke dip and cut the baguette into little like slices. Because, because Costco sells their spinach artichoke dip. Yeah. Costco sells their spinach artichoke dip with Parmesan. And um, and you just put that on there and you broil it. And that was like the biggest hit. That sounds delicious. Like almost I made a ton of them and almost all like there were like seven left out of the Wait, 50. So did you? Did you um do all both baguettes, two baguettes, or how, what did you do? I did well. I did like one and a half, and those baguettes are pretty long. I know. I, I went and got some today. Yeah. So I'm wondering. Yeah, that was the biggest hit. Um, I did make guacamole. Oh, and the other thing was the Heath Bar apple dip that I made. But was, how did that go? Oh, it was. I I was a little bit nervous when I made it because I was like, I don't think this this is gonna. I don't know how this is gonna taste good. 
And yeah. I tried it and I was actually like super impressed. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I did make guacamole. Um, that didn't turn out as good. I think I put too much garlic in it. Mm, not a thing. I know. That's the thing is I love garlic, but I, you know, other people may not be as. When I eat something, I want to go. And just have like garlic aroma just coming out of my breath. Like, you know, the little stinky, like swirls coming out of out of cartoons mouths. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but and then I did um, I was like, it'd be fun to do my like favorite things and do because I because the last time I did Bunko, I did gift cards and Liz thought I was super lame. Yeah, that is lame. That's why. And so um, I took her advice this time and she because I had told her, I was like, do you think it'd be weird if I did favorite things? She's like, no, that'd be awesome. So for those that want to know, I did all I did. We do four four prizes. So the first, the main prize was a Stanley cup. And then I did, um, like a treat with it. Cause I love candy. And then, um, I it did our, our candy queen. Yeah. And then I did Crocs, but they're like the sandal ones, not the ones with fur though. Mm. Like the ones we have, but, um, or the fur lined inside ones. Boots um, with the fur. And then I did Chick-fil-A gibbets with candy. And then the third prize was um, self-tanner that I really like from Target. It's called Tanologist. And then I did like a mitt and then candy. And then the fourth prize was I got a game of Cover Your Cookies from Crumble. Oh, you did end up getting that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, actually the, so the girl whose husband's in residency too found out that she likes books or then she likes to read and she found out that she likes to read. No, she found, I, I found out that she likes to read She's like weird. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was talking, I legit felt so bad for the people at her table. Cause I was like, we were talking about books and she read the Addie LaRue book. And did she like it? Yeah. She really liked it a lot. I saw on Goodreads that you uh, you you marked to read some of the other V.E. Schwab mm-hmm. books. Yeah, and I'm on the second book. Liz has been, like, upping her book, like, thing. <gasps> Guess what, too? What? I got picked for book club. Oh, yeah, someone listened to the podcast. I legit... <laughs> <laughs> Legit was like, because I know this person does listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. I was like, is she asking me because she really wanted me to be it? Or is she asking me because she heard me complain on the, or not complain, like. Complain. Complain. Sob story. <laughs> and she like tagged me on Slack and she was like, next um for this whatever month, like I have like Bridget. And I like did the emoji where it's like the eyes are big and they're like watering. So I was like. <laughs> Yes. Wait, so what are you going to do? Are you going to do Adam Rue? No, I don't know. That's a good book. It's super so long, though. Yeah. But I mean, I think you could have really good discussions with it, though, dude. I know. The thing, though, is like, I either want to do the Cerulean C book. Oh, yeah. Or I don't know. I'm worried, though, that I've like, I love the Cerulean C book. Um, but I'm worried that I've like talked it up so much. Yeah, that it isn't as great as I remember it. No, it's still good. 
Yeah, I mean, I love, I mean, the narrator makes that book 1000%. Mm-hmm. But I love Addie LaRue because it's an actual mystery. And it's, it's one of those books where I'm like, I wish they would make it into a movie. A movie. So it'd be such a good movie, dude. Yeah. And you know what else I really wish so finished? Liz um, gave me a book recommendation. It's called The Inheritance Games. And I finished the first one. I am on the second one. That is another book that I wish they'd make into a movie. Yeah, it'd be good. Like, I want... Oh, oh go ahead. I want... um there to be a lot of hype around it. Like I want people to start talking about it. So it does get made into a movie. Well, start tagging them on Netflix, dude. Say, Hey, Netflix, make this into a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another, sorry, I didn't jump thinking there's another B.E. Schwab book. That's pretty good. It's something about magic. Um, I'll have to tell you offline. And it was, it was really good. And I think I actually read it instead of, audio but anyway well I'll talk about my week is that okay yeah okay so my sister-in-law um they blessed their baby on Sunday and they asked me to bring some um brownies and when I started making my brownies I had gone to the store already I started making the brownies and like for the I was doing like a um a cream cheese what was it called cheesecake popping type of thing on top of the brownies and I got home and I realized I didn't have any powdered sugar so I was like I know how to fix this problem I'll just like put it in the mixer not mixer the like grinder thing what is it called Blendtec Blendtec type thing I can't think of the right word is anyway and I'll just put it in there and it'll make it powdered sugar and guys I'm here to tell you that that doesn't really work um it was disgusting and my um powder or my cream cheese mixture was still really grainy so I ended up I ended up going back to the store got the stuff brought them home got powdered sugar came home and my brownies that I made were the best thing there because everybody kept telling me how great they were so I felt good about myself I was like well good thing I went back and got powdered sugar instead of doing it the gross <laughs> way I was the lazy way so there was that Remember how I told you I hurt my ankle last week? Well, it's still messed up, still hurts. It's like squishy, swollen on the side. Yeah. Ouchie. Ouch, Charlie. Um, oh, gosh. I had something else. What was it? Shoot, I don't remember now. Oh, I'm going to a Relief Society activity tomorrow, and I'm going to do – it's a recipe exchange, and – um it is I'm doing something like the thing that Bridget did the but mine's just going to be a baked artichoke dip so it's um one of Ryan's family's recipes so mm-hmm. it's the white cookbook from the whitely cookbook so I'm doing that and um then going to put on the baguettes and bring it so I'm really hoping that I can make some friends tomorrow <laughs> so, yeah I don't know I feel like my week ha- is oh Robbie turned nine months old Do you have anything else you're going to say or are you done? I don't know. You gave me a look like I'm forgetting oh, something. No, I just remembered something that I was going to say. It's okay, not. Ending. Oh, <laughs> it's really random. But um, 
uh, Anthony last night woke up in the middle of the night choking. What? Yeah, it was freaking scary, dude. Ask him about it. He like a saliva or, or tongue or what? We have no idea. All of a sudden, he wakes up and he's like, <laughs> like he had to make himself throw up because he was like choking. We have no idea what happened. What the freak? That's it like was, a medical anomaly. Huh? So that's a medical anomaly. It was so weird. I like saw because I woke up. And I think I must have gone to the bathroom because I know that I was awake. All of a sudden I saw him stand up and he was like hunched over. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? And then he, I mean, he was able to like get himself all sorted out, but. You didn't go over and do the Heimlich? No. (laughs) You're like. (laughs) (laughs) I was like just, just watching. I was like, I'm pretty comfy in my bed. Right now. It's like you're having a hard time over there. <laughs> this is the thing is I'm like, I don't know if maybe he was like I actually haven't talked to him yet about it. I've talked to him a little bit, but I'm like, I kind of wonder if maybe he was like having a dream where he was choking. Where he was choking and then when he woke up. Yeah. But he, I mean, this morning I talked to him a little bit and he was like, yeah, I legit had to make myself throw up last night. That's wild. It was so weird. He's never, ever done that. Mm. Weird. Yeah. Well, that's all the updates I have. My life's boring. I start back to school next week and my life's going to get even more boring. So. (laughs) Yeah. School. Okay. School days. Okay. Well, guys, we got a great episode for you. You're, you come to your podcast BFFs for some life advice and you guys really came through with some hot and spicy, juicy, McJuicy advice requests. Mm-hmm. Do you want to start us off, May, or do you want me to? Um, I don't care. I'll start us off then. Um, do you have it like this or how do you have it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. That's the first okay. one. Okay. Okay, so I am one of four children's children's. I am one of four children. My other siblings are married with children and live across and live all across the country. I'm in my mid-30s and live with my parents. My parents had bad blood with two of my three siblings, and they also complain about the relationship to me. Doesn't feel like they should be talking to me, their child, about their negative relationship with two of their other children. Um, How do I get them to stop? I've asked in as many words and my parents get defensive. Here's the thing. Is I think you really have to stick to a boundary with them. If they start talking to you, like you can't engage in the conversation. Um, And we, you know, we talked about boundaries a few episodes ago and I've had to do this with my parents. Um, with when they've talked not not talking bad about siblings but um talking about each other to to their kids (laughs) and um i'll tell my mom or my dad i'm like hey dude i really love you but i also like really love my dad or mom whoever i'm talking to so i i can't unfortunately like i can't like engage in this conversation yeah but happy to talk about anything else 
Yeah, I the thing that's hard too <clears throat> is like not that I see both sides of things. Um it's because I, I do think that it's probably hard when it's your sibling. I mean, you know, you, sometimes you have those friends that are like, oh, this is, you know, they want to vent to you about something or whatever. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's also kind of where your parents might have a different type of relationship with you. Like Liz said, like, I, I feel like, um, you know, my dad has a close relationship with me. So I think that our dynamics are different. Um, in terms of like things that he shares with me or even Liz and even just our whole family, I feel like is Mm -hmm. a little bit different that way. But um, I feel like too, coming from their side, they might see you as a safe space and that like you might be able to, I don't know, just the, at least for parent, I mean, your parents, they may only just have each other to like vent towards each other. And maybe they come to you for more of like an unbiased opinion or, or maybe they feel like they have that relationship with you that you can kind of, that they can kind of vent to you. I'm not saying that it's right. And I'm not trying to justify. Yeah. But they, it sounds like she wants, she doesn't want them to do that. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, though, at least for me, like I know people this isn't my I mean, my parents do, you know, but for friends, I think I do have friends that um, sometimes will want to, like, say something bad about somebody else. And for me, um, I kind, I just kind of don't engage in it, really. Like, it's like. Oh, that sucks. You know, like, I'm sorry. That's hard. Like, yeah, that would be hard to do. Like, and whereas it's your parents, I think maybe just having like a frank conversation with them, like Liz and I talked about on our boundaries episode, like I have had a talk to my dad. My dad was like critiquing the way that I parent my children one time. And I had to be like, Hey, like, I I can't have you doing this. And yeah. we didn't talk for a couple of months. And I mean, that's hard though. Cause you're living with them. Yeah. I also, I just think that you need to let them know, like, I, I, I have no, I, I don't know who this person is, but I'm going to guess that this person has a good relationship with their other, other siblings. Otherwise they wouldn't be like upset about, um, her parents. I'm, I'm assuming it's a woman because pretty much all our listeners are women. Um, otherwise she wouldn't be upset about her parents talking to her about her other siblings um but maybe you just need to tell them hey I really like my brothers and sisters and um I don't ever want to think of them in a bad light and um if you've got something to say about them that's not positive then um we're gonna have to like put a hard stop on talking about them yeah and that's hard too because you know she in that thing she said they my parents get defensive it's like that's hard to be also too in that moment you could be you could just cut it off then being like hey i can't talk about this mm-hmm. let them know you love them yeah and say sorry i can't yeah i agree all right next one is next one the go ahead is that that one it's number two the sources the sources the brainwashing one 
No, if you go to the thing and 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 go to responses, individual responses. I am question. Okay, I'm not. No, so if you don't go over to individual responses, go over uh, one. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, okay. So it's number two. Alrighty. Okay, this one says. How do I help my husband feel better about himself in the bedroom? He has a really great perception of self, except when we are together in the bed. And I want him to be happier about his performance. I take it away. (laughs) That one, I feel like is a hard one because I think it comes down to expectations. Like on both sides. Um, I think too, I don't know how long this person has been married for, um, but I feel like that kind of stuff or getting your groove in intimacy, I feel like it's better as the years go by. I definitely feel like my views on sex were very, very different when I first got married than how they are now. And <laughs> I just, I just raised my eyebrows up, Bridget. Like, Whoa, we're going there. No, I'm just <clears throat> saying like, it's just different. Like, because it's not even just like about intimacy that way. Like you grow together as a couple. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I guess you know, when I read this question, I honestly was like, do people even think this? Like, I I really like it doesn't even cross my mind. Like, and that's great for you that you don't no, know. Yeah. That. Yeah. I know that. But I'm just saying like I didn't even that's how naive I am about, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, From my perspective, I'm, I'm just going to go on to uh, piggyback off of what Bridget said, talking about expectations, but it's also about communication. So um, you need to like be vocal about like what makes you happy and what makes him happy um and and if they're not doing something right let him know because then he'll it'll help him feel more confident if yeah I would agree I would definitely agree with that like with Liz and expectations and communication because I yeah I definitely feel like that has helped things. And at least for me, like there are things that I don't want to do and, and Anthony respects that and, and stuff like that. But I definitely feel like you communication is key. I also feel like too, um, I understand that this person said that they have a greatest perception of self. Um, it does obviously seem like there's a little insecurity there. And so maybe even just getting to the root cause of that. Yeah. And I, and I I agree with that, but also, sorry, just another thing is like positive reinforcement. Yeah. High five after. (laughs) (laughs) Good job, buddy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I, I feel like communication for sure. That was a good one, Liz. Thanks. Cause okay. yeah. I, yeah. 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 Communication. Communication fixes everything. 
Yeah. And I feel like too, maybe those conversations, depending on who this person is, like it might seem awkward at first, but I'm probably more of an over communicator where mm-hmm. I just like spill everything out and um, like it, it lets me be able to be like, I've left it out all on the table and you can do what you want with it. But at least I can say that I've done my part. Mm-hmm. So in terms of that, I feel like you can communicate the things that you want, the things that you don't want. And, um, and like Liz said, positive reinforcement for sure. And it may seem silly at first, but I also think too, finding out also what their love language is. Yeah. If theirs is words of affirmation, then let them know. I don't know. Yeah. Do what? Yeah. Positive reinforcement. Yeah. Let them talk talk to them. Uh Uh-huh. Going to move on to the next one. The next one is. I'm new to my ward and neighborhood and having a hard time making friends. How do you go about making deep and meaningful connections versus having superficial ones? And I'm here to tell you that I too am living this exact same experience right now. No, I did not write this, but when I read it, I thought, I wonder who this person is and where they live because come be my friend. (laughs) Um, I don't know. It's really hard. And I feel like, and maybe Bridgefields, I don't know if Bridgefields this way, but I feel like making friends in adulthood is like so much harder than trying to make friends when you're in middle school or high school or even college. Um, <clears throat> I think it's about surrounding yourself with, I guess, maybe knowing what type of friend you want. Um, well, oh, putting sorry. yourself out there. I don't know. Go ahead. Go, go, go. Oh, I was just going to say like, Kind of just what you said made me think. Um, wait, say that again. Find out what friend you are. Is that what you said? Find out what kind of friend you want. Do you want somebody that's going to call you up all the time? Do you want someone to go to the movies with? Do you want someone to go on walks with? Or what? What are you like? What are you looking for in a friend? Are you looking for someone to hear your side of the story or? Yeah, but so, yeah. on that note, sorry. On that note, um. To find out the friend that you want, you also have to be that friend. hmm 100%. Like, for me, I can definitely tell there are times in my life where I definitely put a lot of effort into it. Um, so I guess for me, the, the answer that I would give to this question is um, put yourself out there. Like, if that means that yeah. you're the person setting up the date night or game nights or like for me... I had friends in when we before we moved out to Oklahoma, um, we had to move our third and fourth year of medical school. So we went to um, a smaller town in Idaho and only like a couple of our friends moved to Idaho, that part of Idaho with us. So we had them. And then I made some friends in my ward that were girls and I set up a bachelor night like we would every week we would watch the bachelorette or bachelor. Mm-hmm. And obviously there were some times that we missed it. That was really fun here in Oklahoma. I've set up a, um, a bunco group, which has been fun. And we don't do bunco every month, but sometimes we do like a, we at least do something once a month, but it's either bunco or a game night. Um, And I think like 
doing that allows you to start building those connections. I, I heard once that like, um, having your, or finding your tribe or finding your group of people takes about two years. And Liz is like, whoa, it's, well, yeah, it's been hard for me in terms of we move every two years. So it's like, right. It does getting good. You guys. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's hard. But like, um, I also think too, with the friendships one, um, I actually was talking about this with some girls at my work because we were talking about how some of them were saying that, um, finding friends in adulthood is hard because too, you also bring in the dynamics of your kids. Like and spouse. Yeah. And your spouse. And, and it's like, do your friends, you know, it's hard. You find out who your friends are too. Like when you go through life things, right? Like right now, my life is kind of busy and, and I appreciate friends that constantly reach out to me or that we get together because it's hard for me sometimes to like put something together myself mm-hmm. just because I have a lot going on. But I always really liked, there's a, I think, I don't know if it's a quote, an actual quote or just something I made it up, but it's like bloom where you're planted. So I don't know. And yeah, like Liz said, find out what kind of friends you want and then be that friend. Mm-hmm. Put yourself out there. And I think also the reality is that you are going to have some superficial friendships. And I think you kind of have to be okay with that at first. Yeah. And not not everybody is going to want to be BFFs with you and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So... But for real, if you're in near the Lehigh area, hit me up. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've definitely been blessed here in Oklahoma to have a good group of friends right now. Yeah. But it takes work, y'all. Okay. Oof. All right. I have a really hard time with being a mom. Wait. I have a really hard time with being a mom. I thought I'd love it, but it's hard. How do you find happiness in being a mom without going from zero to 100 in a matter of seconds? Um, I, I think acknowledging that being a mom is hard is like a good step in the right direction because it is so hard. Acceptance. <laughs> the acceptance. The five stages of grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree with that. Like, I think too, like knowing your limits and giving yourself grace. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've told Anthony this before, but like, I love my children so much. Like there is, but sometimes I don't always love being a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. So I think you kind of have to have that aspect of it. Is it just like what what is it that you don't love or or that you love? Like is it is it just that you don't you wish you had more time to do you stuff or is it you just don't love the aspect of taking care of kids all the time? 
getting, I guess for me, it's getting to the root cause of what it is. And then also like figuring out to what your distractions are. Um, for me, I uh, sometimes have to like delete social media off of my phone. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that I'm deleting the actual like deleting my account, but I have to delete the apps off of my phone because mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes for me, I tend to feel look, I tend to want to get on them a lot. And then I feel like since I'm on them, it makes me more agitated with my kids because it's like, I want to see what's going on with X, Y, and Z or what's going on with the world. And then it's like, I take it out on them, yeah. you know? And for me, that was like, I went like two months one time without social, like I deleted it. And I noticed a big difference in how I parented and how I viewed parenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all valid points with Bridget saying. The other thing I was thinking of, this is Liz, um, is... Uh, if you need you time, you need to like talk to whoever your partner is and make that a priority because just because you're a mom doesn't mean that you have to be the sole caregiver. Um, and you also are a human being that needs to like recharge and reset and um, like get back in touch with yourself. So if you need that, you need to like communicate that with your with your partner. I agree. I agree. And taking that time out, like if it needs to be daily or mm-hmm. I don't know. I remember for me too, like letting go of the mom guilt is one of them. When Austin before, like before Austin turned two, he never would like watched an iPad. And then it was like, basically when he turned two, I was like, it's okay. You know, sometimes it's like, it's okay to let them watch a show if you need to get something done mm-hmm. and not feeling bad about it. Mm-hmm. Cause I think society really well, watching Miss Rachel downstairs right now. Hello. Can you see mama? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But yeah, that's, that's kind of what I have to say. It's hard though. That, and, and like Liz said, acknowledging that it's hard and being okay that it's hard. Yeah. Be okay. It's hard. It's hard work, dude. Yeah. Okay. Next one. So this next one is not really a question. Um, it was more of a statement. And um, so I'm going to make it into a question. <laughs> I'm going to take liberties with what whoever, whoever submitted this. Um, but basically from what I can tell from this is, um, they want to know that if you've never read anything contradictory to your own personal beliefs, does that mean you're brainwashed into believing something because you never looked at anything, um, outside of your own beliefs? And, um, I'm guessing this is in regards to religion. I don't know. I, I'm assuming because this person, like Liz said, it wasn't a question. It was mainly a statement of uh, if you're afraid to like view things that are contrary to belief, you're brainwashed. 
and just to expand your mind with real truth and yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah, so I'm assuming that this is and and they they put a, a website for us to look at, but um, I'm assuming that this has to do with religion. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You go first. I've gone first on like all of them. Okay. I guess for me, I have a lot of thoughts on this question. Um, or I guess, yeah, the statement. Um I and I hope this doesn't come across as I, I'm I'm trying to like word this as carefully as I can. I don't think that just because somebody views something contrary or doesn't view something contrary makes somebody brainwashed. Um and I don't I don't know um why people tend to that's like their first thing that they they use is is um i'm assuming that this person used to be in my faith and a lot of people that i i think we've said this before but um my my mom grew up not lds and her parents and her brothers ended up um uh leaving our religion and were excommunicated. Um, and so I have grown up a lot with, um, having, um, anti-Mormon literature being sent to us or being referenced from my mom's family. Um, so it's not anything new. And so I've heard, I've heard the term brainwashing a lot is kind of what I'm trying to get at. And I don't know why a lot of people that, um, with the LDS church, why they go to that first. And I feel like it's a little bit of an easy way of doing things. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I guess for me, like just because you don't view something contrary to whatever you believe in, does it, does it make you brainwashed? Does it not make you brainwashed? I don't think that it does. I don't need to know that X, Y, and Z is bad for me or is harmful, I don't know, is a harmful thing to me because I haven't tried it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it just, I just feel like, um, uh, like chalking up something to being brainwashed is an easy answer, but it, I don't know. I think also like if you, if you're, if, if this person or whoever this is, is feeling this way that they feel brainwashed or whatever it is and they want the permission to read something contrary to whatever they've grown up with okay like go ahead you don't need permission to do that but if you want permission i give it to you um and make your own opinion you can make but the thing is and this is kind of like what bridget i think was trying to get to is you can make your own opinion about things without having to read every single piece of literature that's out there on the planet. Well, yeah. And that's, yeah, I, I agree with that. Like I don't need to read something to know that two plus two equals four. Mm -hmm. 
I don't need to read like a, you know, it's just, and, and the thing too, is like, even if I did do my, this person's comment, um, even if I did do my own research, let's say that I already have done my own research and I have looked at all, almost everything like, and, and still I still align with your original values. Yeah. And I still came to the conclusion that this belief system was for me. I still don't think it would be enough for people. I still think that they would think that they're being brainwashed. Um, and so it's like, I don't know. Do what you want. Yeah. Do And, and, and to, I will also say like, don't try to project how you're feeling to other people because they choose to stay in something that you didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. At least for me, um, like I said, I'm assuming that this person was Mormon or grew up Mormon or whatever, but it's like, I feel like at the end of the day, even if my belief system isn't, you know, what's happening on the, the next life, I can without a doubt say that my belief system has allowed me to live the best life that I think that I could have. Mm-hmm. And, and it's okay that I think that, and it's okay that the other person thinks that it's not, I really don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And, and that's what's so weird to me, Liz, is I'm like, do people, this one is, this one is making Bridget's mind like warp. No, just because I'm like, I feel like I only see people do this within the Mormon church. Do people do this to other Christian churches? Like you're so yeah. brainwashed. I don't know. They do. It's a, it's a religion thing. It's not unique to Mormonism. Anyway, moving right along before Bridget gets too hot and bothered. Was that your question? Oh, that was mine. Ooh. Okay. (laughs) This one, I don't really like my in-laws. How can I make that relationship better? Or do I even have to? Oh, that's so hard, dude. I feel bad for you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is hard. Um, I personally have a good relationship with my in-laws. No, it has not always been that way. Yes, they do still th- do things that drive me crazy. Like, and Anthony fully knows that. And I fully know that. Yeah. I guess for the sake of your spouse, that's the thing too. Does your spouse care that you have a good relationship with them? Or Yeah. Does Yeah. Do they care? And do they want you to go to family functions? Like if they don't care if you're there or not, like you don't have to go. That's a, yeah. I guess for me, my first thought is like, Anthony has always cared that I had a good relationship with his family. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, and they, they're easy to love, but also I do feel like it, you know, it makes it even more of a thing for me to try harder because it's Mm -hmm. important to him. And because I love my spouse, I, you know, want want to, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, I guess for me, I would ask what your spouse thinks. Does, do they care? Do they not care? And the other thing too, is do you have children? Like Mm -hmm. it's one thing for mom or dad to not like their in-laws, but do you want your kids to have that same thought? feeling towards their grandparents 
Yeah. And that's my, that's my thing. I mean, I like my in-laws. So like, it's, it's, um, uh, you know, hard, to, not hard to relate because my thought, my, my initial thoughts are, um, when you get married, you are merging two families and each family does something. They're very unique and different. Right. Um, and I think that it, I don't know how long you've been married. Um, but it could take time like to, to get used to other people and the way that they do their life. So you might not like them right now, but maybe in, you know, a few years, you might like them and appreciate what they have to bring to the table. So give it time, communicate with your spouse. Um, may be, be cordial, make sure that your kids I mean, also like if your in-laws are like not good people, obviously, um, like make sure your kids have a relationship with them because it is important to have grandparents, I think. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Next question. I'm 28 and not dating anybody. I have a really hard time with being single and still feeling good about myself. I know it's dumb to wrap myself worth in if I'm dating or not. So how can I be better at this? And this one is directed right at me. This is up my alley because I did not get married until I was 31 slash 32-ish. Right? I don't know. I'm just thinking I'm 31. So I'm like, dang. Yeah. So I know it's really hard. I know that it is really hard to um, be be on the other side of older or whatever, especially if you're in Utah. Um, and not be dating. Um, and I guess my thought is you need to like move your focus for happiness from dating to something else, put that energy into something else, put that energy into, um, an activity you like, or become passionate about something like traveling, or maybe you really like art and go take yourself to some art museums or like become a really good cook or like, I don't know just channel something else because if your focus is on dating, like it'll, it won't, it's not going to make you happy. Well, and it's like, it's all consuming, you know, obviously I don't necessarily have, um, like experience in this, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think too, I will say that I feel like, um, self-worth, uh, you kind of, I mean, that it's like the day old, oh my gosh, I can't even speak age old saying like that you need to love yourself before you're able to love somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like I can only like, uh, relate to this with weight. Mm -hmm. So this is, I'm sorry, this is kind of like, hopefully this will make sense for me. I struggled a lot with weight after I had my kids and it was like, it was hard because it, it became, that's all I thought about was weight and how I looked and, um, and I wanted to lose weight and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, it became all consuming that if I didn't lose a pound, it was like, I hated it. And mm-hmm. it didn't, it didn't serve me any, any good. And, and actually after I had JD, I had a better, 
um, I kind of just came to the conclusion that it was okay that like, I still loved who I was. I still thought I was funny. I still thought I was a, you know, a great person. And I was able to channel like those things into other things that I loved. And so kind of like Liz was saying, find something that you do love and, and hopefully it, you know, yeah. Yeah. I feel you though, dude. I was there. I've been through it and it is hard. So if you're, if you're listening and the listener of our podcast, I know that you are a dear friend. So, um, if you need to talk, let me know and want someone to hang out with, let me know. Yeah. Okay. Um, next one. What to do when your child's public school sucks, but you don't want to pay for a private school. That is hard. Like, especially because you can only do so much by airing your grievances with the school, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's about money and power with public school systems. So it's like, how much of that is going to change? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe look at other options, not just I private know, school. I, well, yeah. I mean, what about like a charter school? Um, I think that is a private that? school. Private schools and charter schools are different. Oh, they are? Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, or homeschool. Or homeschool. Um, or you could do like a little joy, depending on how old your kids are. Well, like I say, they have like that thing called like joy school. It's like we're pretty like much little kids. I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like if it's like, anyway, um, I think maybe going to a different school, like seeing if they'll take kids out of their boundaries. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of states, I actually didn't know this, but like in Arizona, you don't have to live within like the boundaries of the school. You could go to, I mean, you have to like get in line type of thing. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like if it's, if the public school system, I'd want to know the reasons why the public school system sucks. If they feel like it's um, a big detriment to their kids mm-hmm. like in a, like maybe they're getting bullied or whatever i would for sure if you're able to and you have the means to move mm-hmm. well it's not move, worth it move, move school districts not move houses or both well moving i'm, I'm just saying well. depending on how bad it is like because mm-hmm. okay. I don't know. I just only think of Anthony um, actually like shadowed a doctor when he was in med school in Ephraim or it was somewhere little and um, the doctor's like (laughs) the doctor's like child was super bullied at one of their schools and they moved so that because the the school wasn't doing anything about it either. Mm-hmm. And so they move because they're like, it's not worry. It's not it's not worth it for us to like have our child be bullied. Plus, like all of the things that can happen because of bullying. Mm-hmm. And so also, yeah, I, I guess for me, I would want to know more, maybe even get involved more with like the PTA, PTO type of thing. Mm-hmm. That way, maybe you have more of a say what goes on in the classroom or maybe more eyes and ears for that kind of stuff. Mm hmm. Um, maybe go to like board meetings if that's where it's like 
maybe go back and get your teaching certificate and just teach at the school that your child goes to and have them be in every single class that you teach. <laughs> anyway. Okay, next question, Lou. Okay. Um, should I switch positions at work? I feel entirely drained, but my boss is asking me to stick it out for one to two more months while they work on some of my feedback. And I do have a response for this. And my response is you need to look at their history of um, like keeping to their word on timeframes. Um, have you had this issue in the past where they say, yeah, 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 I'm going to work on it. And then nothing comes of it. Like, no, no they don't work on any of the feedback from Creek, from other employees. Mm -hmm. um, that's the case. I think it's time to move on. But if they have tried to implement feedback in the past at your work, um, I would say, okay, happy to stick around until X date or whatever it is. And if it's not better by then, then yes, I will. I'm going to be looking for other positions. Um, I also think jobs are kind of fluid um, because your job would fire you in an instant and not think about it twice. Yeah. Like everybody is replaceable, which kind of stinks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, that would be hard like to be drained of your job because well, I work remotely, so it's different, but I also don't feel about this, about my position in my work. Mm -hmm. But I do remember like when I had to go into an actual job when I was doing that kind of work, feeling drained. And that was hard because it's like you're going there every single day. If you have great coworkers, it makes it easier. But still, I guess for me, yeah, I would look more on the history of it, of, of how they take feedback and um, I would also maybe even set up a meeting with my boss to be like, hey, yeah, I like that, too. You know, I, I this is how I'm feeling because I am a firm believer of like transparency for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I guess for me, I would let them know where you stand as well. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Can you ask, I guess my other question, my follow-up question to this is, can you ask for updates of how they're going, how, of what they're doing, like real-time updates in reviewing your feedback? Yeah. So that way they, so that way, you know, they're taking whatever you're saying to them seriously. Yeah. But, and this is the other thing too, is like, let's say this person did switch positions. Mm -hmm. Those people still go off of their feedback or are they only doing their feedback because they want to keep you on? Yeah, they're like stringing you along. Yeah, in this position. That's the other thing. And I guess, is there a position for this person to go back to? Like, do you well, know that for sure? Yeah. And the other thing to think about, sorry, this is like way, lots of things that you've probably already thought of. But the other thing to think about is like, if they change those things that you want changed, is it a position worth staying for? Yeah, I agree. That's a good, yeah. Uh, like deep, you have to think about that, like, deep in your core heart like can you answer that honestly and if it isn't then yeah it's time to switch oh. i agree okay oh 
Okay. Other than through your actions, how can you show someone you're giving your best effort? Gosh, that one's, that one's kind of hard because, because if you think that you're giving your best effort and the other person does not, you guys are both having different expectations of what best effort is. That's what I was going to say. Kind of like what we said about the intimacy thing. I feel like you've, you've got to come to the conclusions of what's your expectations of maybe have like a little like heart to heart with this person and being like, what are your expectations of me? What are my expectations of you? Also too, like you may be giving your best efforts in a way that that person may not, that goes with expectations and like a love language. I may think that I'm giving Anthony all of these words of affirmation or whatever, but really his, his, um, oh my gosh, love language is acts of service, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they may not think that you're giving your best effort because you're not doing that. It's not being seen in the way that they need it to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I guess for me, that's what I would do is, and also to maybe like anticipate their needs. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that way, I don't know. Yeah. I just think it's about communication. Ryan and I have this conversation, um, about like equal workloads. Um, and, um, you know, I'll say, I'll ask him, okay, do you think that, you know, like what you're doing is equal to what I'm the effort I'm putting in? And I think having those types of conversations and like with the best effort, showing your best effort is um, crucial. Yeah. I agree. Conversations. Okay. Last one, May. You ready? Uh, yeah. Okay. I know Bridget is a clean freak. How does she or both of you keep up on cleaning slash organization? I feel like I am constantly cleaning up after my four kids and it always seems daunting. Okay. Yeah. Miss clean freak. Take it away. This is your stage. I don't know. That's hard because what I've come to the conclusion is if things aren't clean for me, like I feel like I'm a grouchy mom because I can't like I honestly can't uh like my brain is not able to like comprehend it I don't know yeah um at least for me I always think this this probably makes me sound crazy but it's like if I have time to do the like let's say that I'm by the dishwasher Mm-hmm. And I like see that there's dishes in the sink. I'm like, hey, I, I'm going to get this done now because right now I do have time to do this. I may not want to do it, but I do mm-hmm. have time. And I know that <clears throat> in three hours, if I don't have time I'm and they're still there, yeah, I'll be I'll be sad that I didn't do them and, and frustrated that I didn't do them. The mm-hmm. other thing, too, is I think um, you need to learn to let go of things that are just like impossible. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've had to learn. Um, oh, this sounds so crazy, guys. I'm so sorry. 
Um, okay, this is like a little bit into how bad it is for me. And it's not something I'm necessarily proud of, but um, I really do. I don't know if it's like OCDs or or whatever, but it's like I was at a point where I like if there was a towel that was hung over, just like hung over, I had to read fold it into a nicer looking way because it would drive me crazy. And so there are things like that where Liz is like, there are things like that that I've had to learn to be like, it's okay that it's, it looks like that. Yeah. It doesn't, it's okay. Like, and that has taken basically since we moved here, it's taken a while Mm -hmm. because we have a bigger home and there is just no way that I can always be doing all of my little things. Like, Mm -hmm. Um, I also think too, for me, I am more, I know people have their like little things that they're like, Hey, on Mondays I will vacuum. And Mm -hmm. on Tuesdays I will clean the baseboards. I am not that person. I am a person that I say, okay, this day I will be cleaning for three hours or whatever. I mean, whatever time frame that is, I will be doing and I deep clean every week. So, um, I do it once a week. And that way, too, I don't feel like I'm constantly doing it every day. Of course, I still like clean throughout the week, but it just Mm -hmm. makes it better for me to, I don't know. One thing one thing I will say is like right now, what I do is I always vacuum at night. I hate having stuff on the floor. So I vacuum all of the rooms downstairs. Yeah. For me, I'm I wouldn't say I'm as clean freaky as Bridget, but uh I do like keep a clean house. My house is pretty clean and it's also my house is new, so like it's easy to keep clean. Um but unlike Bridget, I do a little bit every day. Um and like so today I I like deep, deep cleaned my office, like where I was like doing the baseboards and wiping the walls and like disinfecting things and like the doorknobs and um that kind of stuff. So I did all that today and tomorrow I'll do that. I'll do all the bedrooms this week. And then next week it'll be all the bathrooms type of thing. So, um, there is a page on Instagram called go clean co something like that. Go clean, go clean co. Anyway, they have a cleaning, um, calendar and it tells you like everything it gives, it's like putting it on a um, schedule too. So everything you need to deep clean once a week. Um, like, so also today, like I washed all our pillows um and then yeah so that way like you're having fresh pillows so anyway get something like that get on a schedule and you have four children dude um your house is going to be messy (laughs) I think just being okay with that and realizing that like that's half the battle yeah I feel like with kids too like that's something like I said I've had to learn to let go of that it's okay if there's like Legos on the floor the, oh, you know what? Actually, one thing that I will say that I do, it's kind of, I don't know. I actually um, sometimes like, so when I, I do laundry once a week too, I do laundry on one day and then cleaning on the other day. Um, one thing I will say if like, um, if I have laundry going and I see that there's like things that the kids have had out, I will actually go put them in the laundry basket. And so that way, when I'm folding their clothes and everybody has their own basket, 
I'll put the pair of shoes in Austin's basket or whatever. That way I'm already going to be going in there and putting away the clothes. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I've done before too is um, if you do, I know that sometimes people are like, it's just a lot to like clean up everything and whatever. One thing that I will say that's super helpful is get a laundry basket, go through all of the rooms and pick up all of the stuff and put them in the laundry basket and then sort them out into another laundry basket. So like all of Austin's toys, all of JD's things. And that way, I feel like it's just easier to do that. I don't mm-hmm. know. Somebody, uh, oh, somebody I know actually does that too. They put all of the crap like in one room mm-hmm. and then they just like put them away as they go. Mm-hmm. Um. The other thing that I do at night is, and I've, I've seen this, and this is why I do it, is it's called, like, putting the house to bed. So I always clean the kitchen. All like I always, like, put everything away in the kitchen before uh, I go to bed. And same with Robbie's toys. Like, I make sure all the toys are put away and everything in the kitchen is put away. So that way, when I wake up the next morning, it's, like, semi. I didn't deep clean. I just, like, put away the dishes, put away dinner, put away the um toys you know wiped the countertops and that's like pretty much it yeah one more thing ask for help if you need it like mm, yes 100 i do not love to do the dishes like at all and up until anthony's like does hospital stuff he's the one that normally does all the dishes um and that's kind of his thing so and I, but I rarely ask for help just because I'm also the type of suffer. <laughs> this is another way of looking at me, guys, is I'm always like, I don't want you to do it because I think you're going to do it wrong. So just let me do it. Yeah. Me, not me, not letting Ryan clean the bathrooms because I'd rather clean it my way than have him do it his way. Dude, that's me. My mother-in-law wanting to gift me like a maid for one year. And I was like, no, thank you. Oh, yeah, I'd want a maid, dude. Anyway. Guys, these were great. I hope that we helped you in some little way. I agree. I don't know, though. If if it didn't work out, IDK, though. (laughs) Ask someone else. (laughs) Same. Thank you all. Bye. Bye.